Hi, beautiful. Before I dive into today's episode, I just want to leave a little trigger warning. In today's episode, we discuss stillbirth, miscarriage, grief, and loss. So listener discretion is advised. You're listening to Soul Talk, conversations with fascinating people on their relationship with spirituality. I'm your host, Holly Azapati. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode. I got to tell you, it's so weird saying welcome back because actually this is the first episode of Soul Talk that I am recording, but the way that production works is they're going to be chopped and changed in all sorts of orders. So I don't even know what number this one is going to be, but I am so excited for a number of reasons. Number one, the first recording, duh. Number two, I am sitting literally next to one of my most favorite women, and not just because you're a Leo like me, (laughs) but I want to introduce you all to my beautiful friend, Shani. Welcome to the podcast, Shani. Thank you. Thank you. How are you feeling? Um, I'm nervous, but, and that's an unusual feeling for me because I'm very confident, but um, yeah, I'm ready to go. Oh my God. I wrote, this is what I do, guys. I wrote my friends into (laughs) awful, awful things. You do not want to be friends with me. No, I want to say thank you first for joining me today because you have the most incredibly inspiring story and I feel like it's an important one to share with particularly women out there who are experiencing similar and god do you have some amazing examples of how (laughs) your journey has stepped you I guess deeper into spirituality absolutely absolutely before we dive into that though explain to the people listening what lights you up what what gets you gets you going um oh gosh I love chatting with people. I love laughing, having a good time. I love music. I love dancing. Not good at it, but I do it. No, Um, you're a great performer. Yeah. yeah, I just love being with family. I just, yeah. Yeah. I love, do you know why I asked that question? And it's the first time I've asked the question, but I plan to do it on every podcast is because often it's, what do you do? And it doesn't tell you anything about the person. That's right. I like to think that I'm more than like my job. I like to think my job is just more of a part of me. And even though I enjoy it, it doesn't define who I am. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the what do you do for money is one thing. Yes. And then what makes you you at your yes. essence. And that's how I would describe you too. Life of the party. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> do you remember the time I went and saw a psychic oh ages ago? Oh, my ago? God. <laughs> like, I don't even if we knew each other that well then or no, anything we like didn't. that was a really long time ago it was honestly probably about seven or eight years ago oh my god and i just spent a night performing oh with you because put two leos in a room and that's what you get guys <laughs> seriously that was like so funny like two of our other friends who are really good dancers uh got up and did a performance for everyone and we just looked at each other and we're like we can beat that. We've got Chumbawamba. I'll get knocked down, but I'll get up again. <laughs> but I'll get up again. You had like bruises on your ass for like a month because I was literally pushing you over onto the ground every time they said, I get knocked down. It must have been like 30 times. We're committed to the cause. And yeah. then the next day I went and saw this psychic and she goes to me, who's Shani? Literally. Seriously. It was wild. And I was like, oh, I actually spent the night being pushed over by Shani for the purposes of the Chumbawamba performance. And she said, oh, I can hear that voice. And it's like, oh, Shani has entered the building. Oh, my God. (laughs) I am such a loud person, but I don't even, like, want to be or mean to be. It just, like, I just get really excited and then all of a sudden 
I'm screaming. This is when you blame your natal chart. Yes. Actually, do you yes. know your entire chart off by heart? You obviously I know you're a Leo. I'm a Leo and I know that I'm firefire. Oh, you're done fire. Well, so, this makes a lot of sense. And I feel like there's a few heavy Scorpio placements in your chart right. as well. I don't know the full. <laughs> I remember looking at him going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, cool. I still like you. <laughs> so, Sean, growing up, were you, would you consider yourself a spiritual person? Um, I wouldn't consider myself, well, I wouldn't consider myself a spiritual person in like a traditional sense. I guess I would, I just, I go off like intuition and signs at the universe. I follow signs that I think are given to me and I know a lot of my family does that as well. And has that always been the case for you? Yes, always follow my intuition really strongly until recently which we'll talk about later which yeah. I, and then I really started to doubt my intuition and signs and things like that. Okay so up until the period which caused you this doubt things seemed to be going quite well for you. Oh my gosh even a reading that I had like the lady said to me oh my gosh you've had like a perfect life basically yeah. and that is like exactly how I would describe my life up until three years ago. And I remember after what occurred three years ago, sitting with you and you saying, I literally had the most perfect life. I followed my intuition. Why did it lead me down this path? Where did I go wrong? And like you, you start to question, you know, what did I miss? Where did I go wrong? Like the questions seem never ending. How could I have avoided this? Yes. What did I do? Yes. What did I miss? It's always back on, I always put it back on myself. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I see it all the time too with people that I talk to, clients in everyday life where something really traumatic or something inverted commas bad happens and it's like, how could I have avoided this? Yes, exactly. And that's where I was for a long time where I was just going, what did I do? What could I could have done to avoid this? You know, like guilt, heavy guilt. Um, but then you you slowly, day by day, get out of that. Well, that's why I wanted to have you on the show today, Sean, because you are just such a beautiful, shining example of going to what I would consider probably the worst possible experience a woman could experience in their life. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I can't really think of a worse thing to, but, you know, that's, yeah. I actually don't, I actually find um, in social situations and, uh, things like that. I'm very conscious of my presence, presence because, you know, if something happens to someone, people will say, "Oh, that that happened to so and so, and that terrible." And then they go, "Oh, but it's it's nothing compared to what happened to you, Sean." It's like, well, no, like there is no comparison. I feel with it's tragedies true. because a tragedy is a tragedy, you know. And what makes one more tragic than another I don't actually think you can compare because they're all different that's such a beautiful statement it's true it's true it's almost like uh but I do get that a lot yeah I can imagine you would yes well yeah and it's it's why I feel like it's important we have this conversation because I feel like it's not a conversation that's had often it is not a conversation and I didn't think I would ever be in this position so yeah I'm I'm grateful for you showing up today so would you like to share with what what happened three years ago yeah so just over three years ago, I went. I was pregnant, and I went to a scan, just a you know quote unquote normal scan. And the lady doing the scan said to me, "What are you here for?" And I said, "Oh, I'm just here for my 33 week scan." And she was like, "Okay, I'll just be back in a minute." And I was kind of like, mm, 
you know, it just didn't. It didn't feel right. didn't feel right, but it, I also, I didn't really think too much of it. I just thought maybe there was something wrong with the equipment or maybe mm. she needed an extra thing that she didn't have or because, mm. you know, there's so many things. Well, this was know. your first pregnancy too. Yes, exactly. So I didn't really, you know, think too much of it. I was a bit worried, but, you know, you don't, you know, maybe I've just projected that on from when just with time going on. Yeah. And then the a doctor comes into the room and she puts the thing on my belly again and he holds my hand and he says, I'm really sorry to tell you, but your baby has passed away. And I just burst into tears and I was just like going, what? No. I was like, and I was just going, this, this can't be happening, you know? And I'd gone to the scan by myself. I told my husband that he didn't have to come. He just went to work and then I was just on my own. And she was like, um, the doctor left the room and then the woman was like, okay, you need to call someone, call someone who is the closest to you right now. And of course like every single person I rang, no one picked up. You're kidding. No one. So like I rang my a girlfriend who lives nearby, she didn't pick up, and then I rang um, my parents who were retired, they didn't pick up. I rang, oh, it was oh, just. Sean. I finally got through to my auntie who lives near my parents and I said, you, you know, you know, I said I've lost the baby and it was just like that moment where I had to say it out loud. Becomes real. I actually had to say out loud, I lost the baby, you know, and it's like, and as a woman, um, I've said this to you before, but to say uh, I've lost the baby Mm. is like it's your, you feel responsible as the woman, you're carrying the baby, so it's like I lost the baby, but then everyone goes, it's not your fault, it's not your fault, but you, when you, even when you say to someone, you say, Shani lost the baby. Yeah, that's, that's the term that is used. It's true. Even though you say it's oh, it's not your fault. It's it's just a tragic, it's just what happened. But you still say Shani lost the baby. Do you know what's so interesting in talking this out, Shan? And I've never thought of it like this. Is we know that the way that the law of energy works is what we speak becomes truth. Yes. What we speak becomes an energetic resident, resonance. So the more that we're speaking out, Sean lost the baby, I lost the baby, yes. the more that that guilt is going to actually resonate in your system. Totally. And like just cutting forward, you know, we ended up, at, you know, I got in contact with everyone. We ended up at the hospital and it's like sort of dawning on me that I'm actually going to have to give birth to my dead child, oh. which is just like such a that's even a terrible sentence to say. But, alone. but it is the truth, isn't yes. it? Yes, and, like, it was sort of dawning on me. It's like, you know, what is going to happen from here? And we're talking to doctors and the family's all arriving and they're confused and crying. They don't know what's going on. And, um, you know, and this, the social worker comes in and she says, holds my hand and, you know, it's not, a, you know, it's not, it's what she has to, you know, she says, just it's not your fault what's happened. And it actually had been such a whirlwind the whole time. Um, I hadn't actually thought that it had been my fault yet. You and hadn't then, hit you yet. Hadn't hit me. And then she says, it's not your fault. I go, oh, fuck, this, this could have, I could have, this could be my fault. Yeah, you and latched onto faults. Yeah, mm. I don't know. And I actually hadn't thought it till she said it. And then from then on, I was actually going, oh, my God, what did I do? Like, what did I do to cause my baby to die? Like, what did, oh, my God. This wasn't part of the plan. Yeah, and, you know, and then, like, yeah, it was just um, 
I had to take a pill at the hospital um, and then wait two days and then go back into the hospital two days later to give birth. How did you, how, uh, just, just how? So we went back, my whole family and my husband's whole family, immediate family, went back to uh, my in-laws and we literally just hung out there for two days in like a little bubble. Um, my sister-in-law uh, was also pregnant. We were two weeks apart and we lived a street away from each other in our little suburb and we were both so excited to go through this pregnancy together and it was going to be this beautiful, amazing thing. I had girlfriends who were also pregnant. You know, it's that kind of age, you yeah. know, 30 and, yeah, it just... Um, I remember it was the week of your baby shower too. So my baby shower was meant to be on the Saturday and I actually gave birth the Thursday before and then on the Saturday... All my family and friends came over. You were there. Yeah. Um, just to, you know, say hi and just I think that was really important that we did that. And, then like, looking back, I can't believe that I did it. Like, I gave birth on Thursday and everyone came over on Saturday. That's so crazy to think of that timing. But it was so nice to see everyone, even though I was scared to see everyone. I really, looking back, I needed that connection with everyone and people that I love. And, it's really awkward for like the first like five minutes. People don't know what to say or do. I don't know what to say. And that doesn't happen to me very often. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, and then after like five minutes, you know, people are talking across the room that wouldn't normally be talking and they're laughing and you get to a relief from that deep, deep grief that you have. Yeah. Um, a counsellor that I saw said to me, that grief, because uh, Sam and uh, Sam, my husband and I, we were really struggling with when we would have a good moment. We felt bad. Yes, that we were feeling good when something awful had happened, um, and we spoke to this counselor, and she said, "Think of think of it as two worlds, like your grief world and your real life world," wow. and. You can't live in either all the time. You have to bounce backwards and forwards from wow. from both. Yeah. So from there, I didn't. I just was in the grief world, and then I'd come back to the real world. That's such such a beautiful permission slip to feel the full spectrum. Totally. Yeah. It was so nice to think think of it that way because you get. I don't know. It just gives you like yeah permission to feel and then permission to have a laugh maybe when you when you do have one if you have one yeah there wasn't a lot at the start no and talk talk to me about that process for you and in those moments I can imagine you would have felt like that is a prime example of well the universe has forgotten me now yeah and I actually had a conversation with my cousin on the phone we're very close family um and we're actually talking on the phone and she said um I can't believe Nan let this happen to you. Wow. Because And I, it's so funny because I thought the exact same thing. Really? I was like, we were so, I really feel like our Nan was our protector of the family. Yeah. And I felt like she would, how could she have let, let this, this happen? happen? How could she let this happen to 
us, you know, to mm. need us, yeah. Mm. How did you rectify that that feeling of almost, would you call it blame on, you know, your guardian angel? Or? Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, I kind of just lost all um, touch with just everything, including intuition, spirituality, signs that I always got. I was like, where was the sign for this? Where was the sign to help me avoid this situation? Where was the sign to let my son live a life instead of give, being given no opportunity, you know, to live and enjoy any moment, any, you know, not to hear him laugh, not for him to laugh, to all of it, you know. I can imagine that would have felt like a part of you as well, obviously in losing Jai, but also losing your deep relationship with your soul, your yes, spirit, like you, these things that you relied on just naturally were no longer coming to you. And I think that I didn't realise how much I did rely on them. I yeah. feel like I, you know, I just sort of bumble along through <laughs> life, I guess, is a pretty good analogy, like pretty good word. I just sort of bumble along. I don't get too caught up in things and I just sort of go along and yeah I just feel like I didn't realize how much I relied on those signs and then I just completely shut down to any sign that was coming through afterwards I totally shut down and part of that is what I've learned through my study with mediumship and when people come to see a medium to connect with someone who's passed away that they loved Often, if they go prematurely, what grief does and the energy of grief is creates this energetic wall. And so it's like this wall of no other energy can penetrate it. It's like a force field. So was that the experience you were having? Yes, absolutely. I just, I just, a wall had been up and I even feel it slowly coming down now. Yeah. I feel like bits are still coming down now. I still feel like even like, when I see kids, I still, it makes, it takes my breath away. Sometimes I go, you know, or when people are pregnant, I see a pregnant person, I go, yeah, it it all feels so risky to me now where before I didn't give another thought. I just thought, Oh, she's pregnant. Great. Yeah. Or who, Oh, you know, it changes your entire life. I'd go great. But then afterwards I'd hear someone fall pregnant. I go, Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. What is she thinking? She's, you know, cause And then on the flip side, I was so terrified to be pregnant again. Yeah. Like, but that's jumping very forward. That's, that's, we will get to that. (laughs) But I want to talk about what started to chip away at this shield of grief that you had obviously needed to process. Um, I just kept, I just was actually like bombarded with signs so much. (laughs) There's the best signs. I couldn't like, I couldn't avoid them. Yeah. You know, like, um. My mum would see number plates that would say Jai. It's like literally staring you in the face, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. a, um, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't even know where to start. There's been so many. I remember a moment where you asked me to pull you a card and I don't remember the exact card, but it was clearly Jai coming oh through. It was something yes. like, I think it was Archangel Jai or something yeah, like that. that. I remember that. That was creepy that one <laughs> it was like Sean yeah he's talking to you yeah and like I feel like he was he was really trying to get through to me and I felt like I was really closed off to even hearing from him because I just like maybe I wasn't ready yeah. or had too much on my plate like just getting through 
day to day. Of course. Yeah, it was very difficult. I, I can imagine. Yeah. And it, did you find that the more you started to, I guess, work through your own grief, the signs started to emerge more yeah. and more? Yeah, so I reached out more to, like, friends who had <sighs> suffered tragedies themselves mm. um, because, you know, grief, even though it, my situation is different to what any to any of them my friends have been through it still is grief and people who've been through a tragedy they know they're not as aw- awkward to say something to, uh, to ask the questions yes, or to yeah yes, just speak yes. frankly to be more frank about you know what's going on and and I've never faced any kind of tragedy like, oh my god the worst thing that's ever happened to me is my nan passing away who lived a full life you know totally. it's like what can you you can't know complain you about can't that. really it's so different to to lose a child when they were never given an opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think it's also the the hope and the the future that you yes. create in that. And it's not just the, the loss of the child, but the loss of the future that you yes. and your husband had created in, and envisioned. In, in, all for your whole train of thought changes. Like you all you think about is baby, what are they going to be like? You know, yeah. like we didn't even know if it was a boy or a girl. Yeah. And then after I gave birth to him, I, the doctor came up to me and she said, oh, do you want to know the sex? And I sort of, my husband and I looked at each other and I was like, well, it doesn't matter now. Yeah. I know it might sound a bit yeah. like, I don't know, but that's how we felt. We were like, it doesn't matter what he is now as a boy, but didn't, it just, it was ruined. It wasn't the front of your mind. It was ruined. That moment where you're meant to be the best moment of your life, whether your child gets handed to you and they say, it's a boy or it's a girl, that moment was like ripped from us. And yeah, it's like it didn't matter if it was a boy or a girl now because that was like the least of our worries. What like absolutely blows me away is your courage because what fascinates me about the human spirit is the piece around resilience and the fact that since Jai, you have had two healthy baby boys. I have. I've <laughs> had two boys since. Um, it's um, boy central. Uh, <laughs> my sister's had two boys and my brother-in-law's had two boys. My mom, actually, um, her f- her friend's mom just came up to her years and years ago. Grandkids weren't even on the cards, like kind of thing. And she went straight up to my mom and said, oh, my gosh, I only see boys boys around you, like grandchildren boys. And my mom was just, like, so taken back and she always remembered it because it was such a random <laughs> thing to happen. I love that. Um, and here we are later. I've had three boys and my sister's had two. That's incredible. And how how did you build the resilience back up to go again? Oh, I don't know if I did. Mm. I just was, like, I just, I was so terrified to fall pregnant again. Um, and I was a real worry wart the whole pregnancy. I was worried the whole time, stressed. Um, and, you know, my son that I had after Jai, Max, he he's a real worry wart. And I feel like I really passed that on to him. Yeah. And I just feel like 
Yeah. I feel like that is very unavoidable, though, given your circumstances. Yes, agreed. But, you know. It's fine. We can do some, like, healing work on here and we can sort that out. It's all good. (laughs) But there were some other fascinating, almost serendipitous moments with dates and um, the block story. Like, share some of those moments with us all because it's wild. So, um, you know, I had Jai, my first son, uh, in June. And then my sister-in-law who was pregnant, she um, rang me one day very close to my birthday and she said, you know, obviously she was, you know, mortified. She had to ring me and she said, I'm going to, my water's broken. It looks like I'm going to have the baby on your birthday. I'm really sorry. And she was kind of so sorry. And I was like, obviously so taken back, but I was like, doesn't matter you know, what matters is we get a healthy baby, yes. you know, like you wouldn't wish this on your worst enemy, let alone, you know, your no. sister-in-law. So, you know, oh, I was like, let's just get a healthy kid, you know, rah, rah. but, you know, it obviously rattled me. Of course. You, you know, just lost your baby. I just baby. lost my baby and I, I it was going to be my first, what I thought, quote, unquote, was going to be my first birthday as a mom. Yeah. And then on that day, my sister-in-law became a mother on my birthday. It was Ooh. rough. Um, that would have just felt like another low blow from the universe, right? It just You just feel like the kicks just keep coming, but not that we weren't. Of course you were yes, over I'm the just, moon. Yes, of course, but I just want to make that clear. Yeah. But it was it was just really like it was just felt like another kick in the guts. Yeah. Um, and but now um, – I get to share my birthday with my beautiful nephew and it's like the best <laughs> it's ever. The best ever. It's the best. It's so special. And then, um, you know, I've, I've felt pregnant with my second son um, and my water actually broke on my birthday. You're kidding. So I not only got my nephew on my birthday, the year later my water breaks on my birthday and I have my son the day after, so early in the morning the next day. On yeah, I, I know that lots of people would be like, oh, that's just coincidence, but I don't know about you, Sean. I don't see anything coincidental about I don't that. think, I don't take things like that as coincidence. I think that is just such a nice sign that I also feel like my nephew being born on my birthday, I needed that connection yeah. with him. Yes. Like we needed an extra bond because I was so because of what had happened. Of course. Yeah, so I just feel like that just lifts me up. Yeah. And now when I think about him being born, I get even more lifted up because it was on my birthday. It's so special. Yeah. I love I, that. I have a lot of um, – oh, I went to see someone when I was pregnant with Jai, like a reading. I remember this. And she says to me – well, first of all, she said, are you pregnant? Because if you're not, take a test. <laughs> And I was like, no, I am pregnant. Oh, and she was like, okay. And then she said, when are you due? And I said, "Um, August. And she goes, oh, well, the dates are all wrong. And I was like, oh. And I was just like, oh, you know, might have a preemie baby or something. And she's like, no, you're definitely going to have this baby early. And then she backs it up with, why can I already see a second baby? whoa and I was just like I was in there with my mom and we were just looked at each other like we just like you know we just giggled and we're like oh you're gonna feel pregnant straight after 
Of course, you know what? She probably thought the same. Yeah, well, of course. Like she's, She would have been yeah. just getting what she was getting. Yeah, she's like, I can already see your second baby, you know, you're going to fall pregnant really soon after the first one. And I was just like, wow. you know, I, you know, you don't really know what. And then we couldn't have foreseen that. But, of course not. Um, but that was just another thing um, that had another sign maybe that, I don't know, it was just. It was clear, I mean, in you sharing that, it was clearly in your energetic field that that was the experience yeah, that it was, all, was going to happen. That's right. I feel like um, it was going to happen. What would you say to a mother who's recently been through similar and has lost that sense of hope or connection with soul and spirit? I would tell her to reach out to people. Like, I don't think you can get through it on your own. No. And, like, my girlfriends were really great. You know, I have practical girlfriends who I would ring and say, I need this done because mm. you actually physically feel so heavy you can't get out of bed. Mm. And they would go and do something for me. I have I had girlfriends who brought me food because we couldn't, how could we even think about caring for yourself? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, we, you know, things like that. And then I had other girlfriends who would like bear my soul to, you mm. know. And so I am really lucky. I would reach out to people. What was important for us was giving Jai his name. Yeah. I feel like that really made him valid and um, just real and made him more. And now when people mention, they they say Jai and I love that and I love that people know him and that he impacted a lot of lives. I love the random texts that I get from people that say, oh, I was thinking about Jai today and or, you know, Jai must have been looking over us. I recently had a girlfriend move into her, like, new family home on Jai's birthday. You're kidding. And I sent her a text and I said, can't believe you're moving on on that date. Um, That's Jai's birthday. And then she's like, great, can't believe he's watching over us. Thanks, champ. You know, just things like that I think is really nice. He's speaking of his name. Yes, speaking of his name. So... One day I was with my second son, Max, and we were just playing in the lounge room and he was he sort of has all these blocks and they're just like little cubes and they've all got random letters on each side of the cubes and there's probably about 20 of them and he was just playing with them and I was just sitting on the ground with him and I just rolled over a cube, like one, one turn each mm-hmm. and I just did three of them and it went J. A, I, and I was just like, <laughs> and I just like looked around and I was like there with like a eight month old and I was just looking around going, holy fuck. How did you feel in that moment? It was like amazing. It was like, I just felt like this big, like rush of adrenaline. And I was like, grabbed Max. And I was like, your brother's here. You're playing with your brother. Your brother's here. Oh. We're all playing together, you know, like. Oh, Sean, yeah, it was so, so nice. That was a really, really nice moment. How does Jai communicate with you? Um, I just get like um, waves of uh, warmth mm. and I just, and it just little moments happen. The kids actually like look up sometimes at nothing. It's not nothing. And it, yeah, to to the naked eye, so yeah. And I always go, and I always go, oh yeah, Jai's here, or things like that. You know, he or like I've had 
one reading since I lost Jai and she pulled some cards and just the first card she pulled over was a pregnancy card. And she just went, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, straight away. Um, Just things like that. I just feel when you're close with someone and then you feel their presence after they pass, you know it's them because you were so close with them and you can feel their aura. I don't know if that's right. Yeah, But with Jai, I I was struggling to get those connections at first because obviously I had this massive wall up, which I can see now. Mm. But um, I I felt like I hadn't met him. Yes. But I did meet him. But I hadn't met him and got to know him and know all his characteristics to know what signs I'd be getting. So I did feel a bit bewildered at first with the signs. Yeah. But now they are very clear to me, yeah. And the fact they come through with my other children now is just so special and so nice and very comforting. It's beautiful. Yeah. Do you have, because I have some questions that are separate to this discussion, but before we go there, do you have anything else that's on your heart that you feel is important to share in this conversation? My sister actually had her first son before I had my second and people were very worried about how I was going to be and react and things like that. But I was pregnant and I was due in six weeks. Um, And then I met my little nephew at the hospital and it was lovely. And, you know, the thoughts do run through your head like, wow, you know, my sister has a baby before I do and things like that. And that's fine. We've all discussed things like that together. But I walked out of the hospital and I held my belly and I said to my son, I can't wait any longer. And he was six weeks premature. My water (laughs) broke the next day. (laughs) Asking you, shall we see? He's like, please, can you? Yeah. That is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that story. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I don't, I can't tell you all of them, Holly. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. There's too many. <laughs> with that, I mean, this, that was one thing on your heart, but what else do you have to share? I feel like I would, I feel like even though this has been the absolute worst thing, I feel like it's important that Jai's left a legacy and, you know, my husband and I, we really feel like we really wanted to be better people after it, you know, because it's not really what happens to you because everything's going to happen to someone, to Mm. you. Like you're not going to get through life without a tragedy striking you. But I feel like it's how you come back from it. And I feel like we've, even though Jai got lost and he missed out on living and life, but we've tried to leave a good legacy like, so, for example, like, oh, my God, my husband and I were, like, sitting at a table at a restaurant and, like, oh, my God, it was, like, the first time we didn't have any food left that people had given us yeah. and it was the first, you know, and we had nothing in the house and we're, like, oh, my God, we're going to have to go out and eat something. So we walked down to the local cafe and we're sitting there and we stared at our plates. We did not say one word to each other. We would look like the most miserable sods you've ever seen in your life and we got back from the lunch and Sam says you know you really shouldn't judge anyone 
when mm. you're out because people would have loved, looked at us and gone, oh, just break up, you're miserable, you know. Totally. Like, God, like put an end to it. Um, <laughs> like, See, it's true. And they had no idea what was going on in our lives and I've just taken that with me. If I see someone who annoys me or whatever, I just take a breath and I go, you know what, Charlie, you don't know what's going on in their lives. So just just take a step back and just go, you know, give them, give them a bit of, of room. What a powerful lesson. What a powerful legacy as yeah, well to have left yeah. behind. I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of people reached out and I would also like to say that, you know, before tragedy has struck my life, I, w- I maybe would have not reached out to someone, you know. Because you don't know what to say. Fear of saying the wrong thing, not knowing what to say, feeling like it's not your place. Yes. But now that I've been through this, you know, I would say 100% reach out to someone. Like I heard from, you know, uh, old family friends. I heard from someone that I just went to primary school with. Oh. Like, you know, I haven't seen them for you know, what, what's that, 20, 20 years, years or, you know, but they reached out and they said, I'm just thinking of you and I'm just sending love and I just think that is such a nice thing to do because love is really what gets you through, yes. you know, and support and I will 100%, I'm 100% sure I'm a better person now because I reach out to people more often. Um, I always make, make, just go to a bit more effort, even just like, Knowing people's names, I make more of an effort to know people's names if I meet them or beautiful things like that. Yeah. I feel like that's such an important conversation to have, Sean, because you're right. Like love is one side of a coin and then grief and heartbreak and loss are the other side of the same coin. Yes, definitely. They're, they're, the, they're intertwined and yeah. you can't, um, you can't just have one without the other yeah. and you have to rise up. Yeah. Instead of, I don't know what the alternative is, but well, it's it's allowing love in, isn't it? And and yes, for other people to yes. be able to hold you in their love, yes. To go like send the message, reach out to the person, tell them that they, you're thinking of them, even if. And you taught me that through through the experience with you, saying that uh, we've had some frank conversations where you're like, I want to talk about Jai, and I want people to reach out to me. Yes. And so now I've had other friends with very similar circumstances mm. where it's like, I will call you and I want to talk to you about this, and if you don't want to talk that's okay yes, that's right but I'm, I'm here yeah I would have girlfriends who would text me and say um you know I'm I'm here how are you feeling don't and then they'd say don't feel like you have to write back um you know just checking in and I would just if I was having a really low day I would just write I would just be honest I wouldn't I wouldn't try and pretend that I was okay. Yeah. I would just be like, you know what, I'm having a really fucking shit day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Beautiful. And I just feel like that's all that needed to be said at the time and then I would, you know, message them or call them the next day and give them when I was in a better headspace. It's a, this piece around people holding space for people who need it and when when you're holding space for somebody, it's just what do you need from me? Do you yes. need advice? Do you need me to be quiet? Mm. Just know I'm here. You tell me what you yes. need. Yes, yes. And that's perfect. Yes, absolutely. I love that we're like just some final words and it's like <laughs> 20 minutes later. I know. But is, is there anything else that was on your heart that we've missed? Guys, Sean's pulled out a list in her phone when I was like, is there anything else that we've missed? Yes. And she's like, there's a lot. So oh, just, just spitball. Okay. So um, I've had, um, like I went to 
I don't know how I'll describe it, like a a, a physical, to get in touch with my physical self again. Um, I went to a session and, and, you know, she would just sort of read my body and things like that. And she um, just looks at me and she goes, why aren't you listening to your intuition? Is and, this after Jai Pass? Yeah, and I was like, oh, my God. I was just so struck by it. And she says, oh, you've really got to just start trusting yourself again. Wow. And I thought that was really powerful because that is exactly, I, I didn't trust myself anymore. Was it because you put the blame on your body for? I don't know if I did it intentionally. Yeah. Like I, I would even say to people, and I meant it, I would say, oh, I don't, um, I know it's not my fault, it's one of those things, and I meant it, but I think I was just holding so much well, it's subconscious, right? Ninety-five percent yes. of our mind and our behaviors and our beliefs mm. are subconscious. Yes. So I, I think I was definitely holding on to, like, not trusting myself because I didn't pick up that my son was ill and he was like literally in me. You know, it's just that heavy burden of, of course, holding the baby and you're the one giving it the nutrition that it needs. So then you went, intuition, you didn't serve me. That's right. <laughs> and I totally cut it all off. How did you start to trust it again? I don't actually know. I just I feel like it really was a day by day. Mm. Um, I see um, a lot of butterflies. That mm. gives me, they just give me hope. I don't know why. Every time I see one, I go, oh, a butterfly. I just... They're one of your symbols. Yeah. My nan really loved butterflies, so I sort of just take that as a sign that she's around and, beautiful. you know, um, I also uh, pulled a card one time. Like it was a full deck. There's like six different decks, rah, rah, and it was like after I'd lost Giant, I was in like a real dark place, and I pulled this card and it says, um, I don't remember the, what the card was called, but it said, you will be the lion, you will be the deer. So it was like you will be the strength and you'll also be the vulnerable, like you will be it all kind of thing. And it sort of just gave me so much like, okay, I'm still in here. Mm. Like another reading I had uh, years ago now described me as an iceberg because what's on top isn't what's underneath. I love that. And I think, you know, it is easy to, I don't know, people don't know me, but like to judge me on like my loud characteristics and I'm noisy and I'm like fun loving but it's also like there's a lot more to me there's underneath yeah so Mm. I think that I relied on that you know why did I remember that out of the reading and then now I think of that when I think of the card and I think of and moments like that really help me uh center myself again and then I can just go from there it's so beautiful I love that so, Sean, what would you say to friends, loved ones who are feeling this discomfort around the awkward mention of Jai's name in your example? Yes, uh, 100% just bring it up, no matter what the situation is. Like, it's nice for me to hear people mention him and it's nice for people to say his name and sure, it's awkward for like 10 seconds at the start, but it's like, who cares? Like, what happened to me has become a part of me and who I am. So you just mentioning him can't upset me. I'm not going to cry if you mention his name. I'm not going to turn into this big blubbering mess and say, oh, my God, how could you do that? It's more like, wow, I can't believe they still think of my son and Mm. they, 
yeah, they've taken the time to say that to me. I always think it is such a positive thing and I think always reach out and, and have that awkward 10 seconds. Yes. So you get, get to the good shit. Get, get through the discomfort of the awkwardness. It's fine. Exactly. And then it just opens doors to connection. Um, connection. And, you know, and then I go home thinking, wow, I, you know, that was so nice of them to, to bring Jai up and to have that conversation with me. That must have been really hard for them to bring that up and, yeah. I want to leave the listeners with a little takeaway in is there somebody in your life who is going through a challenging time experiencing tragedy or grief or loss and where are you skirting around reaching out because it feels awkward and how can you put your awkwardness to the side? Because it's not actually about your awkwardness. Uh, it's actually about the person and how they are and they're probably going to be a bit awkward too at the yeah. start. So no one's actually going to notice. No, it's the intention. If you've got good That's, intention, if you want to check yes, in, if it's yes. coming from a heart-centered place, which it is, remember it's energy. It's the words might come out clunky, but if the intention is from your heart, then that is what the receiver is going to Absolutely. I absolutely could not agree more. Ushan, I want to thank you first for coming on the show. It's so funny because I had you, this has this for a story. I had you in the back of my head and like, I really find it important that we hear stories of people from all walks of life and all experiences. And when you dropped in, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to ask Shan. I just feel inspired by her, her bravery and her courage and, and all of the crazy sign stories. And then you messaged me. And you were like, it was an 11 and 11, 11 and you yes, just messaged yes, me. Yes, yes, And you were like, just sending this to you um, because it, sending it to someone who cares. Yes. It, my, my sign was like, and it was 11, 11 and I saw it and I was in the middle of something else and I was like, all right, I've got to reach out to Sean. Yeah. And yeah. then you sent me another message. You're like, we're due for a catch up. Yes. I'm like, I get it, universe. <laughs> it's like, I'm listening. I'm listening. So thank you for coming on. I didn't know it's a big ask. Oh, that's all right. This isn't something you're used to. But no, no. I just know that there are even be so many people who've listened to this that your story has helped what does your intuition have to say to end this conversation today my intuition just says give it a go because I was terrified when you asked me and I thought you know what let's give it a go and when I had to be pregnant the second time and the third time I thought you know what you just got to Suck it up and do it. So there you go. Give it a go. Give it a go. What a note to You'll leave it on. You never know what could happen. I love you so much, Sean. Thank you so oh, much thanks. for spending time with us today. Thank you. Wow. What an amazing woman. I got to be honest with you guys, I felt nervous reaching out to Sean and asking her to share her story because I know that often we're used to receiving the love and the light and the joy and the bliss and all of the wonderful things that come with living a life that's so in alignment with soul and spirituality and, and love. But as we discussed in the podcast, love and grief are two sides of the same coin. And part of the human experience is that we are going to feel heartbreak. We are going to feel grief. We are going to feel loss. And we are going to have those moments where we feel like the universe or God or whatever we believe has forgotten us. You know, the signs might not be coming as easily as we're used to. And we need to rely on the love of others more. Just knowing that in these moments, you are still not alone. In these moments, you will triumph and it's part of the resilience of the human spirit and knowing that 
there is always a place to turn. There is always somebody to talk to and your guides, your angels, your loved ones, they all vibrate to a frequency of love and love can never, ever die. I'm sending you all so much love. If you need any help after listening to today's episode, please do reach out to Lifeline on 131114. You've been listening to Soul Talk with Holly as a party. Enjoyed today's ep? Remember to share, subscribe, and leave a little rating if you like what you heard. And join us over on Facebook. Just search Soul Talk with Holly as a party. Until next time.